And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank you for tuning in. R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used cars experts. Okay, um, hopefully we'll get to Elkhart schools and the proposed tax hike again, because obviously they had that, that tax hike fail massively back in 2019. Well, they want to raise your taxes again. I told you it was going to happen. I know that you knew that was going to happen too, but no, no, no big surprises there, but we have to address it. If I don't get to it today, we will tomorrow. And hopefully, hopefully people can get informed about it again. You know how it is, the school school systems are here they make a case for it their case falls apart because they're usually deceiving people and then they come back the next time different advertising campaign they change the language and all of a sudden it passes it's just kind of the modus operandi so we'll have to we'll have to keep on top of that okay so we'll we'll probably it's probably going to be tomorrow i'm just letting you know it'll probably be tomorrow because i want to be able to give it its full attention okay a majority of academics actually support discriminating against conservatives according to a study this is in the washington free beacon here let me throw it up for the live stream for those of you on trovo and d live a majority of academics support discriminating against conservatives uh in this is alex nestor from the washington free beacon one in three conservative academics has been threatened with disciplinary action for expressing their beliefs according to a new study so th- about 33% or so, ballpark, 33% of conservative academics who already pretty much don't exist, there's very few of them, they have been threatened with disciplinary action simply for expressing their beliefs at the university level. This is research from the Center for the Study of Partnership and Ideology. They released this study on Monday. It shows that conservative professors graduate students are guaranteed to face discrimination in academia. That is their quote. That is not mine. So if you're a conservative in academia, what this study says is you are guaranteed to be discriminated against by your peers or the university itself. University of London politics professor Eric Kaufman conducted the study, which he says is the first to focus on how academic authoritarianism threatens conservatives on campus. Uh, there is a documentary. It's a few years old now, but I've been telling you about it for a long time. Get your hands on this thing and watch it. Some of the stuff is going to be dated just because, you know, it's, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, but it's called Indoctrinate You. You as in university, not Y-O-U, but you. Indoctrinate You. You have got to see that documentary. You have to. They go into all of this. It is a very good, very good film. It's well done. It's also entertaining and enraging all at the same time in a time where there weren't any real good right-leaning documentaries that one was quality now there's a lot of really good right-wing documentaries but back then it was few and far between indoctrinate you as in university you have to watch that Kaufman analyzed eight surveys of graduate level professors and doctoral students, the majority of whom said that they would not oppose discriminating against their right-leaning peers in some form They would not oppose it. They wouldn't oppose it. See, this is the thing. I keep telling you. We are at a stage where the the moral authority crowd on the political right has a losing strategy. I appreciate their position. I used to be one of them. 
where no matter what, we're going to be consistent in our messaging. If we oppose this when it's somebody on our side, we're going to oppose it when, when somebody on their side is being attacked for the same thing. While I appreciate that position of being intellectually consistent, I'm not asking you to all of a sudden jump on the bandwagon and then target that individual. Uh, for example, if there's a cancel culture incident that is happening, maybe a celebrity who is on the right is getting canceled, like, oh, I don't know, Gina Carano. Uh, they're getting canceled because they posted something on social media that was completely not offensive and they're lying about her and calling her an anti-Semite, which of course is totally untrue. But if they're going to attack her and then it happens to somebody on the left who's a liberal in Hollywood, and then a lot of these Republicans and conservatives, they want to immediately publicly make the same defense of the liberal in Hollywood as they did for like a Gina Carano. And like I said, I appreciate that position. I really do. It's just going to get you lost. You're going to lose. You're not going to win anything that way. I'm not telling you to jump on the liberal Hollywood celebrity, just like everybody jumped on the conservative Hollywood celebrity. What I am telling you to do is to point out that there's tremendous hypocrisy here and then shut up about it. Offer no aid, no comfort at all. And I've given you so many examples of why you should not come to their defense on this show over the years that I would have thought it would have stuck by now. And as I said, I appreciate the position. I do. But it's a losing strategy. When Bill Maher, who occasionally is on the right side of censorship, okay, when Bill Maher says and does the things that he says and does, and then once a year, once a year, Bill Maher comes out and actually defends conservatives. And then conservatives are like, see, Bill Maher's not such a bad guy. Have you forgotten the other, the other 50 weeks that he was doing the exact opposite? Have you forgotten all of that? Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, like, they're two horrendously awful people. They're married, by the way, those of you who don't know. They're bad people, folks. Bad people. She lost her child recently. Horrible awful and i was on i was on twitter in particular and i was watching conservatives pour their hearts out to her wish her well offer love offer prayers condolences i was watching prominent conservatives do this is that the right humanitarian thing to do absolutely will it make a difference to her no the moment she was back on twitter after her period of mourning was over she attacked each and every one of those people who offered her compassion through her very horrendous and awful ordeal. Why? Because she doesn't care about them. She doesn't even think, if you ask me, she probably doesn't even think that they're real people. They're beneath her. They're subhuman. They're, they're not important. And so when they offer her compassion, she doesn't have to reciprocate there's a lot of examples that I've given you over years of that type of stuff. And happening, I was telling him like, look, I understand what she's going through is horrendously awful. I get it. I really do. And I actually feel for her, but I'm not going to publicly support her. I have no reason to. She's an awful person. I feel more bad for the child than I do for her or her husband because they're bad people. This type of stuff where it's like, no, we're going to show them that we're compassionate 
and that we're not as evil as they say we are. They know you're not as evil as they say you are. That's what they're concerned with. They're concerned with demonizing you and painting a false picture of who you are so they can defeat you and destroy you. That is their entire premise. That is their entire purpose in life. They are not interested. I'm talking about those types of people. I'm not talking about other liberals, okay? But those types of people, those rabid leftists, they do not care about you. They will, and I am not exaggerating, will be the ones cheering you getting loaded into boxcars and shipped off to a concentration camp. Because many of them have publicly stated that they would like to see what happened to you. How many of them said, take your children away from you and put them in re-education camps? They want to put you in a re-education camp. They want to ship you off to a work camp until you're rehabilitated and you think exactly like them. They're evil people, folks. But then you've got others that are not. And I have no issue. No issue coming to their defense, coming to their aid. But you've got to pick and choose those battles. It doesn't make any sense for you to devote that energy, that time, to people who will never reciprocate that compassion and that virile defense of you, if you ever need it. You're wasting energy. And what you're doing is you're actually helping them. You're helping them in their cause. Alyssa Milano, Alyssa Milano, deserves order. None. Something bad happens to Alyssa Milano at some point in time, stay quiet about it. Don't come to her aid. She doesn't deserve it. There are other people that don't either. But I would also caution you, don't apply that to everybody that you disagree with politically. There are good people that you disagree with politically who will consistently defend you on principle even though they disagree with you. You need to do the same for them when they run up against it as, as well. And a lot of those are going to be comedians, um, liberal comedians and things like that. I'm a huge Bill Burr fan, huge Bill Burr fan. He's one of the first people to tell you he's, he's left, but he moved to Los Angeles and he goes, I'm, I'm a liberal, but you guys are crazy. He finally spoke out about Gina Carano. For those of you who don't watch The Mandalorian, Bill Burr is on The Mandalorian. And he says uh, he's been defending her. And he's pointed out that she's one of the sweetest people that you're ever going to meet, which is what everybody says about Gina Carano. And now he's making the case, like, oh, I, I suddenly have to watch what I say now. And I'm a comedian who is known for being provocative, right? Bill Burr has a lot of bits about women and other scenarios that would be cancel culture in Hollywood. And this is a guy just trying to make a living being a comic. Comics run into this a lot. And so I'm glad that he's finally defending her. And I realize that I've kind of just narrowed in on like one specific thing. But this goes, this goes back to the culture wars. And the culture wars, of course, emanate from the educational system. We led the show today with what's happening in Penn. Penn is going to, it looks like, based on the email that they sent home with parents, Penn looks like going to be indoctrinating some of their students in some social justice warrior nonsense. Now, we don't know how they're going to implement this so-called curriculum, but it doesn't look good because of the verbiage that they're using. It's the same verbiage that you get from anti-white activists, and that's concerning a lot of people. We hope it doesn't turn out that way, but Penn shouldn't be, be doing that. Hopefully, it turns out that our concerns are, are unvalid. I hope that's the case. But then, we, of course, we go into the, the culture war. Well, the culture war emanates from radicals in, in school teaching your kids. 
And a lot of times that's in grade school. A lot of times that's in, in your, your schools, but it's often your colleges. You all know this. And here we have a situation where you analyze eight different surveys of graduate level professors and doctoral students, and the majority of them are okay with discriminating against their conservative or right-leaning peers in some form. Why are these professors and doctoral students okay with discriminating against people that they disagree with? One of the best teachers I ever had, my geopolitica, geopolitical economics teacher, Mr. Swallow, first day in class, I'm letting you all know I'm a liberal, but I will treat you fairly. That's all I needed to hear. And he did. Great teacher. Great teacher, good man. But he wouldn't have fit in this, this category. These are professors and doctoral students who actively think it is all right to discriminate against their students. 10% of academics support outright canceling or firing conservative professors who express their views. Now, at least 90% are not okay with that, but they're okay, they're okay with discriminating against them. They're just not okay with firing them. Hmm, thank you. Appreciate that. The study also adds a new dimension of recent stories, two recent stories of harassment and intimidation of conservative voices in academia. Conservatives have long been a minority in American universities. Again, watch the documentary Indoctrinate You. But only recently has so-called cancel culture led to a rise in what Kaufman calls the chilling effect of self-censorship. And that is, of course, where you're afraid to say anything, you just don't. And you see the argument, you see the battlefield to the other side, and then the culture war continues to get out of control. And how many times have I talked about this and people go, oh, Gina Carano's story is not all that important. It is the most important story facing overall society that we are dealing with. That type of a story with Gina Carano and Hollywood and Disney and Star Wars and all of that because it's the culture war. One of the reasons that I play uh, Tom McFarland or, or McDonald, excuse me, Tom McDonald and some of the others on my, my live stream is because they're fighting culture war that many of you are straight up ignoring because it's not important enough because you're so clueless. You're so out of touch. It's ridiculous. And you wonder why you're losing ground. You're losing ground because you're not engaged in the things that are the most important to our society, even if you think they're trivial. You've got to change the way you think about these things. You have to. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in to Stock 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, on a new streaming platform. We're on the DLive platform, too, but we'd like to get everybody over to Trovo. It's a newer platform. A lot of people are kind of going over to it, so it's young. But it's T-R-O-V-O dot live slash Casey, the host. Uh, Trovo dot live slash Casey, the host the host uh check us out over there d live is messing with us again so all right i got to tell you about zbart of south bend now again this is only for zbart of south bend i have to <laughs> let everybody know occasionally i'll get you in various other cities going to uh, those zbart locations and trying to name drop me and they have no idea who i am zbart of south bend i have an appointment here this month i'm going to finally get the undercoating to my new vehicle and i was hoping to get it done a couple of a couple of weeks ago it just didn't happen so we're going to actually do it in march 
church set the appointment ready. They're going to get that done. Of course, the, the semi-annual uh, cleaning that wife's vehicle needs, that's going to be taken care of here at some point soon as well. Uh, we've been customers of Z-Bart of for a long time. I've told you about them for a long time. We have the ceramic paint coating on my wife's vehicle. We love it. You know, it prevents those water spots. It, it prevents it from the elements. And it's a harder surface than your clear coat. So it protects your paint better. And your paint shines a lot better than it did coming brand new off of the factory floor. And eventually, we're going to get that done with my vehicle, too. But I wanted to get the undercoating taken care of because you know my history with rusted out vehicles snapping in half and that sort of thing. And I just don't want that happening to the new one. So we're going to go to Zebra to South Bend here in the next couple of weeks, get that taken care of. And you should, too. So if you got a truck, you want to get prepared for the spring and the summertime, now is the time to do it, whether it's tint, uh, whether you're getting it detailed, whatever that is, go to Zebart of South Bend. Of course, let them know that I sent you. All right, uh, let's see. Fauci's flip-flops. You go to the burningtruth.us, my website, which you should be subscribed to my newsletter to get the daily show prep and everything as well. Fauci's had a lot of flip-flops, a lot of them. And I have a whole article up there that kind of goes over some of that. I'm not going to go over all of them right now, but this just kind of goes back to what Governor Nome was saying at CPAC. So Governor Christy Nome, we do the audio, and she's look, Dr. Fauci told told us on our worst day we'd have 10,000 people in hospitals, when in fact on our worst day we had 600. Not even close. And Fauci has been wrong the entire time. The one thing that I can really call out to Fauci being correct on was the virus would come back in the fall. And it did. Came back in September. He was right about that. He's been pretty much wrong about everything else. And Governor Nome brought that up at CPAC. Just Fauci is wrong a lot. And he is. And somebody asked him about that, and he said it just wasn't very helpful. It's not help. Her comments aren't helpful. Well, her comments were more helpful than your advice has been. So in this post, which I'll put in the daily show prep for everybody at theburningtruth.us if you're a newsletter subscriber, Fauci's flip-flops, how America's doctor, air quote, has repeatedly reversed himself during the COVID crisis. And I think one of the reasons that you're seeing so many people say, all right, enough of the mask thing, is watching his latest reaction to the mask. Remember, you had uh, when New York Times came out and said, hey, one mask isn't working. You should be wear two masks now. And then Fauci was like, yeah, totally dope. Let's wear two masks. And then an epidemiologist, the advisor to Biden, actually came out and said, wearing two masks, not only is there a breathing issue there, but it also may increase your risk of the virus. And he provided examples of how that was, which I've been telling you about for months. Uh, and again, this is the leading epidemiologist advising the Biden administration who was saying this. And then there was, well, if two masks are good, then three is good. And then there was another one called for four masks. I didn't make that up. It was a real thing that we talked about. And then after this epidemiologist came out and said, two masks is not good. It's no bueno. It's bad. Uh, Fauci basically came out. And he says, okay, like the next day it was like instantaneous. And this is all very public when it was going on. He said, okay, all right. We don't actually have any evidence that two masks work. So just wear one mask. And then it was, I think that week or the next week, the CDC was like, screw it, wear two masks. And I think a lot of people saw that and said, okay, Casey was right, hashtag told you. They're all over the place and they're just grasping at straws because they don't actually have a strategy because they don't works. I saw something uh, today and it was experts are perplexed or something like that about the drop in COVID cases. Like, don't understand what's going on. Yeah, okay. I, I wonder. Oh, gee, I wonder. 
<laughs> we'll talk about that. And we have a warning from Pfizer about a certain group of people with their vaccine. We got that coming up on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95, Michiana's channel. Yesterday, we let you know that something had been discovered about the COVID vaccines. And that was that they inflame your lymph nodes and give women a false positive for breast cancer. And they are recommending that women get a mammogram before they get the COVID vaccine, if you choose to get it. And that, that way you get you get the clear right out of the way. Because yeah, if you get the shot and then it inflames your lymph inflames your lymph nodes and then gives you a false positive at least you have that mammogram before you got the vaccine say okay there was nothing there uh, until i got this so it's probably just a swollen lymph node Uh, if you don't get it before you get the vaccine they're recommending you wait four weeks after the vaccine so that way that uh, irritation goes down but now pfizer there's a new study that has come out and pfizer is saying that the vaccine is less effective on obese people. So if you, you fall into that category, the vaccine is not going to be as effective. Uh, they defined they defined this as having a BMI, which again is not an accurate measure. Uh, but anyway, they, they identified BMI over 30 produced about half the amount of antibodies compared with people who had a healthy body weight according to the study. Uh, the study was done by the National Cancer Institute. Uh, uh, and yeah, so yeah, researchers at the National Cancer Institute. So if you have a BMI over 30, then it produces half of the antibodies as the vaccine does in in uh, people who are not as heavy. Okay, so if you're in that category, what does that actually mean for you? You might actually have an easier go of it. I'll be honest with you, when you get the second dose, but uh, and again, you know, obesity, morbid obesity is one of the co, um, you know, the comorbidities that really affects COVID. And it was it was interesting because during this whole process, there was like this the continuation of, uh, you know, these magazines that were putting people who are not healthy um, on there as being healthy. And as I've said before, I mean, live your life the way that you want to live your life. Just, you know, just be honest with yourself about about you your health your body that sort of thing and and then you'll be you'll be fine uh but they were promoting being really heavy as being okay and healthy but it's not and at the same time we're in the middle of a pandemic where we know that people who weighed the the weight that was in the magazine were at a higher risk of dying from covid it was just one of these surreal things it just didn't make any sense a couple of people pointed that out we pointed it out in the show but um, they said every, pretty much every bit of health advice you've gotten from the government over the past, say, 50 years has been wrong. <laughs> pretty much everything has been wrong. All right, we got uh, we got more coming up. I'll, I'll tell you about this other thing here because this is where the scientists are struggling to figure out why COVID cases are dropping. Because it's not November. Uh, well, I should say it's not October <laughs> before November. <laughs> got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. All right, so this is the headline. To explain, scientists struggle to figure out plunging COVID cases. <laughs> uh, let's see. The election is over. Uh, finally acknowledging what I've been telling you for months, that the PCR test was oversensitive and adjusting for the threshold. Um, herd immunity, based on the massive surge that happened in the fall, starting in September. Yeah, all of those things would, would probably be a, a great answer 
but it's kind of funny. The experts have no idea, have no idea why COVID is dropping so fast. Okay. It's because a lot of those experts aren't actual experts, whereas the real experts from all over the, the globe who have been telling us that we've had this thing wrong from the very beginning, yeah, those folks are out there. And they're just, here's the thing. A lot of the stuff they told you back in, in March and April and May, a lot of that stuff is just normal now. But back then it was a conspiracy theory. That's the thing. You know, I throughout the entire pandemic, I never gave you my opinion on what I thought about all of this stuff. I always presented you the evidence that came from actual research and actual experts. Here's Bill O'Reilly. Have a wonderful